0: Welcome to Miracles and Wonders, the podcast that helps you create more miracles in your life by looking at the world around you in new and wondrous ways. In this series, I'm interviewing the authors in a new collaborative book, The Miracle Mindset. Hi, I'm Diane Lund, best-selling author, entrepreneur, creative director, writer, producer, and reverend focused on a teachings in A Course in Miracles for many decades. Miracles are defined as a shift in perception in A Course in Miracles. Instead of thinking from fear or negative thinking, we turn our thinking upside down and we think positive thoughts, we think from a loving base. In The Miracle Mindset, each author starts their story with an opening couplet that embodies how they change their mind to change their life. So we're here on Miracles and Wonders today with my guest, Lynn Samita, of Mirrors Point. And Lynn is one of the authors in uh, the collaborative book, The Miracle Mindset. And I have been working with Lynn on that book. But also, Lynn and I have been good friends for quite a number of years. And I thought maybe Lynn could introduce you uh, to what she does in life and perhaps how we met.
1: Yes, Diana. as we were saying, it's almost 20 years, which a lot can happen in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I would say in introducing myself that I started pretty early in life, you know, looking at personal development and seeking and searching. And really what I was looking for is more freedom inside myself, free to be myself and to feel more authentic. I was raised with an English mom and a Japanese father. So, pretty traditional in the way they raised all of us, and one of five adopted kids. So, a little bit of a different background. But certainly, my search for how to really live well and to walk your talk has been a major theme in my life. And, you know, it's interesting as I became a social worker and worked with clients. I found they were looking for the same thing. They wanted freedom. They wanted to feel more authentic, and so on. So, my personal growth and my professional growth have really come together. In 2002, I moved from Manitoba to BC, to Vancouver, to start a company with two colleagues because we believed the West Coast would be more open to the work that we developed, which really was a revolutionary process of helping people deeply transform how they hold their identity. And you know, just a little note on that, when I was taking my master's, nobody was talking about identity. We weren't talking about changing an identity. Um, But over time, as we looked at the impact of trauma and loss and all sorts of things, and how people lock those experiences into their identity, of feeling broken or damaged or this or that, the issue of identity surfaced. And so that's what's been very exciting in the company I have called Mirrors Point Facilitators. Um, we really look at how do we help people with that transformative journey from feeling maybe like a victim to thriving in life.
0: Absolutely. And Lynn and I met uh, in a woman's group. Yes, almost 20 years ago. And that's where we started our conversations about identity, about the authentic self, as opposed to what Lynn calls the constructed self. Do you want to say a little bit about that, Lynn?
1: Yeah, it's really an interesting idea, because we grow up and we, you know, learn what our families teach us and our cultures and maybe religions and whatnot. And we live inside that kind of framework of beliefs and protocols and how to be a good person and so on. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that's a sense of identity that we have built layer by layer, item by item, hurt and loss and this and that. Each piece forms a little piece of that foundation, right? but that it isn't who we authentically are. And I think that's what really intrigued me. When you started talking about some of the ideas from The Course in Miracles, you know, and I could hear the resonance of, it's we're not who we think we are. You know, we're not the person who's run by the ego. And now I wanted to learn more. Because I know a lot of people have, you know, seen the book, A Course in Miracles, and I saw it way back in the 80s. And I took a look at it, and I just thought, I can't understand this. I don't know where to start. I know.
0: I absolutely opened it up and was like, oh, no way. I mean, just no. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, because it looks like the Bible, blue, with those paper-thin pages. And it did have a lot of Christian terminology in it. And I'd been told uh The answers aren't here for you, Diane, in in the Christian church that I was attending. My pastor told me very clearly, you need to go seeking elsewhere. So when I saw that, it was like, oh, no, been there, done that, not going there again. And so it was a long time before I opened the book again. How about for you? It was the
1: same. And I think my issues from childhood, I was a child or a, a student that had dyslexia which they didn't even actually have the name at the time. Right, yeah. Um, but clearly I struggled with learning because I reversed numbers and letters. I was the slowest reader, the slowest printer, the worst at math. And so when I looked at that book, I instantly felt stupid. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, I do not get this. And, and it really was frightening, daunting and off-putting, frankly. So not until you talked about it, and that's what I've really loved about being part of your study group, it was a chance to digest it in little bites and pieces and to really hear day-to-day examples, real-life examples of how to apply the principles, how to understand them and use them. And that made all the difference in the world for me.
0: Yeah, that's what my last two books really were devoted to. Uh, Reverse thinking, I call it because the ego thinks really upside down from love often, because it's based in fear, not in love. But our true essence, our spiritualness that connects us all uh, connects us all in the one mind. It's based in love. And so it's kind of figuring those two things out. So in the book that lends in uh, the miracle mindset and my last two books, it always starts out with a couplet. uh, One of the beliefs that we're going to try and reverse, we're going to try and look at it from a new perspective, because a miracle is a change in perspective, from thinking with the ego mind, fearful thoughts, to thinking from the spirit uh, and thinking loving thoughts. And just that change in your mind can change the way you see a situation in your life. And so we always start out with these uh, miracles, really. I mean, it, the miracle is that shift in thinking. So, what does your story, Lynn, start off with? What's your couplet at the beginning? Typical thinking and then miracle minded thinking.
1: Well, I'm going to start with the idea that totally really confounded me I just didn't understand it which was you cannot be unfairly treated when I heard that I just literally couldn't imagine that was true no, and there, there it was you know printed yeah. in the book I'm hearing it and I I just didn't get it and that's so interesting isn't it as a social worker working with people who feel very victimized very. Very, much. And I'm going to help them see how they aren't a victim. And yeah, I knew how to work with that in certain ways, but to see it stated so plainly, so bluntly, mm. you cannot be unfairly treated. And if you believe you are, that's where you've made a mistake. Right. You've perceived the situation and yourself incorrectly. So the miracle really that I write about in my chapter is my struggle with my mom, who for many years had Parkinson's. And over the years, of course, with that disease, there's a progression. And she deteriorated, but she had a lot of good health relatively. And so by 85, she was still going strong. And had no intention of leaving this planet any sooner than she had to. But dealing with her became progressively more difficult. And so she lived in Victoria. So I would take the ferry over every couple of months. And spend a weekend or more with her. Doing all the basics that she couldn't do. Helping her, taking her to appointments and so on. And what started to happen is... We had terrible weekends together because in her um, deterioration, she became more contrary. She became more difficult to collaborate with her, to talk with her. And so I could say, hi, mom, isn't it a beautiful day? And she would immediately say, well, I don't think it's that nice. And I go, oh. And so I would switch to saying, well, you know, you're right. Like there are some clouds. It is a bit cooler. And then she'd switch again. Well, no, really, it's actually very nice. And it was back and forth. And so over I'd go with, these, with my intention to have a good visit. And I would just deteriorate in my patience. It, it just, you know, three, four hours, and I was frustrated. And on top of that, then I was disappointed with myself because what in the world is wrong with me that I can't go over and have a wonderful visit with her? And so I struggled with this over many months and probably into a year and then started working with this concept of you cannot be unfairly treated.
0: It is a concept that got me into the course too, interestingly enough because I was in a situation where I felt unfairly treated, which I think is something every listener will relate to. I mean, we're taught this concept just by listening to the evening news uh you know, who's the victim of a shooting, a stabbing, a whatever. Yes. So to read, you cannot be unfairly treated was shocking for me as well when I first saw it. but, there was something in it. There was a resonance inside of me that said, listen, Diane, this is the truth. And that was so, I felt it so clearly inside of me that I just thought I have to find a study group. Because <laughs> I got to find out what this
1: means. How can this be true? Yes, I I felt the same resonance, even though it was disturbing. And for me, it was I have to figure out how this is true. How do you live it? Yes. And so in my story, I tell the journey of how I figured it out. And this remarkable weekend when suddenly I made the switch in my thinking, in my mindset, the 180 degree shift you talk about. I made that shift and I started to watch the weekend unfold in this very different way.
0: Wow. Isn't it amazing what a shift in mindset can do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I do believe what you've said, which is you have to teach it to yourself. I'd heard these ideas. I'd even said I agree to the ideas. It wasn't, I hadn't lived them in a tough situation. And I think, you know, when you put out the opportunity to participate in this book, I think I really felt this is such, it's an ordinary situation. It's a relationship piece. It's a struggle. And I felt like what I figured out could be helpful to others. So- of course,
0: I I know the story. And I deeply believe that your story can help so many people because, I think all of us struggle with our parents on some level. Mm -hmm. We all have. We have. I mean, it's just universal. We struggle with our parents, whether we struggle to uh, leave them, or we struggle not to be like them, or we want to be more like them. We struggle. There are primary foundational relationships in life. And so to help people figure out how to have more patience or to see your mother differently yes. than you saw her before and how that tra- is transformational. Yes. I so believe that can really, really help people because everybody does feel unfairly treated at one point or another. So what's the turnaround? I mean, okay. So the typical thinking is I feel unfairly treated and what is the miracle mindset? You cannot
1: be unfairly treated. Right. is. And so anytime that I think I am, I know I've slipped off focus, I've slipped out of my center groundedness, and I'm believing something that isn't serving me. And it's what's creating my pain, my conflict, my distress. But there was a couple, you know, and in the chapter, there's three things that together I talk about them like a combination lock. Okay. And those three pieces really made all the difference. Knowing that you cannot be unfairly treated is absolutely foundational. Knowing what you then deeply want. I had to ask myself, what do you really want when you go and spend time with your mom, with my mom? And when I held myself to that question and just, not just well, I want a good weekend, not I just want to get along. I don't want to argue, you know, I sifted through all of those. And then I get to the real foundation. So that's the second thing, what do you really want? And then the third was, there's no problem unless you make one lint. Hmm. That's great. I love that. So <laughs> those were the combinations. And I share how those three ideas work together to create what I would say was a truly miraculous weekend. And it really changed your life. It did. And, you know, to this day, I say I am so grateful that my mom lived to the ripe age of 92, which was long enough for me to figure this out she stayed on this planet long enough for me to really understand this piece, which was an incredible gift to me.
0: Right, because I think deep down, we all love our parents, and we don't like to struggle with them. And even if we're angry with them, we do want to get back to that center of peace and, and love. Yes. Yes. Because that is, I, I believe, our center and our essence. And when we're not feeling that, we are off. We're often in, in thinking something that is disturbing us. It's hooking us. Yeah. And it's causing us to feel frustrated or angry or upset. And so the one thing, you know, I cannot be unfairly treated. I think a, a part of that turnaround is I am responsible for what I see. Yes. Because when we say I am unfairly treated, it's like somebody else out there is doing something to me that needs to stop. And if they just stop, I'll be at peace, Lynn. Yes. You know, that's kind of the traditional way we carry it. You know, if you know, my mother would just act how I need her to act, I I would have a great day. (laughs) It's, It's the fact that she's so contrary that makes it go off. And so we're always sort of putting it on the outside, often saying something has to change out there when a big turnaround or a big part of the turnaround is taking responsibility for, okay, um, if I'm the one who's upset, if
1: I'm the one who's angry, perhaps it's me that needs
0: to look at something differently.
1: Exactly. And I, I often say, you know, when I talk and write about it, it's an inside job. It's what's going on inside. And you're so right that nested in so many of the course's big ideas are several ideas that are all there. And so unpacking it, and I think that's one of the things often I think we try to reach for those, I just want to go from misery to peace, or I just want to go from fear to love. And to do that in one fell swoop for me anyway has has not i haven't been able to find that but what i've realized is i need to take the steps that get me there and so that's what i've tried to do in my chapter is show people the stepping stones to getting where you want to go but it's not just one big fell swoop of a shift
0: and so those were the three steps that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. For you. That's right. Yeah. And so can you say them again? Just remind us.
1: So step one was really focusing on that idea. I, I cannot be unfairly treated if I'm thinking that feeling that I'm off center. So come back to my responsibility to feel good is inside of me. So I needed that as a framework, I guess, and then to step into this whole idea of what do you really want? And I wanted my mom to feel my love for her. I Um, wanted that that more than to be right, for her to respect me, for her to listen to me, all these things I'd wanted in the past. I let go of. And I just said, no, at the end of the day, this is the only thing I want her to feel. It's wonderful. Yeah. And then the third was, and if that's what you really want, there are no problems unless you make them. And so I give a very graphic situation that looked like a big problem and (laughs) how I shifted that as well. So. Right. And
0: I remember doing a very similar thing with my own mother. I talk about it in one of my books, I write about my mother as well. Um, these are core relationships. Yes. But my mom used to come over every Sunday to our house have dinner with us. And then if it was not good weather, she would stay overnight and have breakfast with me in the morning and then drive home. And uh, it just seemed that every time she came over, we would get into a little fight mm-hmm. somehow. And I just thought, you know, I don't want to do this with my mother anymore." And uh so anyways, I started to dialogue with her a little bit about what was happening between us. And uh so I won't go into all that because it's it, it, it's in my book, but in the end, what I did was make a, a very similar decision uh, and I said it to my mother by giving her a red rose. Mm on Mother's Day, I think it was. And I said, I am committed to never fight with you again. That is my commitment. And every time you look at this red rose, planted out in your garden, I want you to think of me. And I want you to think of the love that I have for you, Mm. as it blooms in your garden. And you know, I haven't really ever fought with my mother again. It was a decision. Yes. It was a decision. And, you know, I have a great love going on with my mom right now, which I think stems from that decision, because I've just decided I, I I don't want to fight. I really don't. I'm not interested. I'm really way more interested in exactly what you said with your mom, Mm -hmm. which is you want her to feel your love. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sure this story is really going to help people. And to end, Um, What I always do is I I call it my wonder moment. And I pick a card from A Course in Miracles. Um, I have eight decks in eight different colors, and there's over 400 quotes. So no deck has the same quote in it. And we pick a card at the end of my study group, because somehow it, it, it comments, it's almost like it's synchronicity, there's a synchronicity to it. And so It's just a very simple way to start seeing how the universe works with you. And it works with you, not just in conversations with people, not through reading the text, but even (laughs) by just strictly pulling a card. And I just pull them randomly. And today's wonder moment card says, those who attack do not know they are blessed. Oh, how perfect. (laughs) perfect? I'm just always so amazed at how these cards comment. Like, Yeah, so I'll read it one more time for our listeners. Those who attack do not know they are blessed. And so do you have a little commentary on that, Lynn? How how is that commenting on our story today?
1: Well, it's really... Perfect. And (laughs) as you say, it's so wonderful to see that synchronicity. And, you know, if I stepped back and honestly looked at my behavior and how I was approaching my mom, you know, I would arrive and she would have a criticism right off the bat, almost virtually at the hello. And then my behavior would be to defend. So I'm engaged in. A very sort of subtle kind of attack. I really was saying, I want you to change, mom, you know, and that's attacking. And I was not in that moment of feeling judged and criticized. I wasn't feeling blessed. No, no, at all. (laughs) No. But both of us have reflected on the enormous blessing we feel from transforming our relationships with our moms. And, you know, I truly mean I am eternally grateful to her and the difficulties that allowed me to change, me to grow and evolve into the person I truly wanted to be. I was so disappointed in myself that I wasn't able to be the loving daughter I wanted to be. And it didn't help if people would say, but it's a tough situation, and so on. None of that really made any difference to me feeling good about myself. I was out of touch with feeling and being blessed.
0: Right, because if your mother said something that was contrary, you were feeling attacked, and then you would defend, which is another form of attack. Uh, Well, it's definitely when you defend it's because you believe in attack where the reverse of a course in miracles is is you can't be attacked by someone else only by your own inner thinking so when we change our inner thinking we acknowledge that we're blessed and because we're feeling loved and blessed we can extend the love even if we might have perceived it as an attack before the course says it's either love Where it's a call for love. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what your mom was giving a call for love.
1: Yeah. And I think the thing we often don't emphasize is it was freeing and exhilarating when I finally put these together and I could feel the momentum of the weekend unfolding. And I was feeling more and more grounded and centered and more and more loving and spacious. It was absolutely remarkable. It is remarkable.
0: And that's why we have to uh, work these principles for ourselves, because we can listen to other people's stories about them. And hopefully they will inspire people to try. Because once you get that feeling, that exhilaration inside of yourself, that feeling of more freedom Mm -hmm. is what makes you keep going and keep trying this. So thank you so much, Lynn, for being with me today. I want my listeners to know that every week, if you... Would like to pull an inspirational card yourself. I give away one of my decks of cards. If you join my closed Facebook group, which is Diane Lund's Monday Miracles. So you go to facebook.com slash groups slash Diane Lund Miracles. Ask to be a member. And once a week, I pick somebody who's newly joined the group and I send them a deck of cards. So that's it for this show. Thanks so much, Lynn. Thank you, Diane. It was a pleasure. It really was.